Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We've got the 4th of July coming up right around the corner, and there's a great show coming up on July 16th in Crooner's Belvedere Room called Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast, featuring two of my favorite folk singers and good friends, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner, celebrating one of possibly America's greatest folk singer, and there was no one more American than Woody Guthrie. We've got uh, Charlie and Pop on the bat phone tonight, but we're going to start with Charlie McGuire, who wrote a great review that got played in, I believe, 70 or 80 newspapers about the great Woody Guthrie book called Woody Guthrie Songs, Art, Words, and Wisdom. Written by Nora Guthrie, Robert Santelli, with a powerful assist by Nora's daughter, Anna Canoni. So, Charlie, tell us a little bit about the book, and then we'll talk about the show here in a little bit and listen to some music as well. Yeah, Paul, uh, and it's good to hear your voice. Um, the great thing about the book was that this is the greatest collection of Woody Guthrie uh, songs, uh, prose pieces, photos in, in a generation and um, published by Chronicle, which is known as a really great visual publisher. You know, in other words, uh, they do great pictures. They do great uh, copies of things uh, when they when they publish. And um, and the essays uh, were, were 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 great as well. Uh, some of them by um, Douglas Brinkley. um uh, Nora herself, Arlo uh, Guthrie uh, wrote something. Um, Ani DeFranco wrote something. You know, and on and on. It's uh, it's it's well worth having around if you uh, if you are into Woody Guthrie at all. I was so uh, fortunate to meet Nora years ago, and she sent me uh, a comp coffee signed. I it was I was delighted to get it in the mail. It's a big book, but like you said, Charlie. Uh, the publisher did such a great job with the visuals. There's actually, uh, you know, like copies of this land is your land on the original legal pad, pictures, drawings. And that book, when I picked it up and started to read it, and I read a little bit every night, it's a living and breathing document. You can feel Woody right there in your living room. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul. And... Nora has done a great job with the book, and also um, what I didn't know until I was there was uh, she worked with the Morgan Library in New York to do an actual exhibit based on the book. So that ran for about, oh, maybe three, four months and yeah. closed on the 22nd of May. And um, that was a, kind of like a way that you could go, if you could walk into that book, that's what you could do at the Morgan Library. Well, it's it's a phenomenal book. Uh, check out Woody Guthrie Publications. And uh, for those of you out there in the Wall of Power Radio, our listening audience, buy it for anyone that loves folk music, America, humor, uh, uh, political advice, and more. I mean, the thing about Woody is, Charlie, no one knows uh, better than you about this. His stuff is so contemporary and so up-to-date that we wrote a lot of it in the uh, in the 40s, 
the things he was talking about, fascism and the rest, is still on the front burner today. Someone, uh, someone asked me, I, they said, um, you know, as you travel around coast to coast uh, with, with, with Woody, um, what's changed, you know, since 1940? And I say, well, unfortunately, very little. Yeah. Well, you've got your partner in crime there, Pop Wagner, with you. And uh, I saw the last Woody show you did, oh, I'm going to say it was a couple of years ago, uh, at the Belvedere Room at Crooners, which is in Fridley. Uh, but Pop, tell us a little bit about what people can expect uh, with the Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast show that you and Charlie are putting on. Well, there are going to be a, a number of songs that people have never heard before uh, in the show. And uh, some of the ones that we have done before, we'll mix them, mix and match and put them in, a, in an order that's going to be entertaining. And each one of the songs will be introduced uh, with one or both of us reading some of Woody's own words. Uh, we, it, I mean, we'll be... We'll be the voice, but uh, we'll be speaking, but we'll be speaking Woody's words uh, from start to finish in this show. And uh, a lot of it's brand new from from the book. And uh, we're we're quite looking forward to the uh, the event. And, you know, uh, Pop, uh, when I was uh, when I got the book about six weeks ago, there's I mean, there's pictures of Woody Guthrie as, as a baby and then uh, pictures of his different family members, and uh, including his mom and dad. But there's some great shots of Woody when he's that cowboy band with the, uh, with the chaps on and the cowboy hat. So I'm wondering if Pop Wagner is going to pull out any of his uh, uh, rope and cowboy tricks at the uh, Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast. Well, I hadn't, hadn't planned on that. I, I'll, wear my, I'll wear my hat. I'll go that far. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, the the rope tricks are, are something I don't know if Woody ever did that. Uh, we're pretty much sticking with this show to stuff that Woody did. Um, I I do have a pair of chaps, not the not the fuzzy Angora ones like Woody had in that picture. But uh, yeah, that's a great picture. I know exactly talking about that's the one he's he's playing the bass in that picture isn't he oh yeah no it's it's uh what a life that man had so when did yes. uh, you and charlie mcguire our other guest tonight in the wall and power radio hour you did a similar show uh with tony glover several years ago talk about tony's shadow influence on this new show though he passed a, a few years ago and it might be the last time any of us ever got a chance to see Spider John Kerner play. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about working with Tony Glover uh, with one of those, your first uh, Woody Guthrie presentations. Well, it was, it was, Tony had a lot to do with the idea of doing this show in the first place because he, uh, a while, a number of years ago, got a tape to Charlie uh, that was a uh, a Woody Guthrie song that uh, none of us had ever heard before, and it was uh, it was John Cohen doing it, right? Is that right, Charlie? Yeah, it was a radio show uh, that John Cohen had taped on a wire recorder, Paul. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
back around 1947 of Woody singing High Floods and Low Waters on Oscar Brand's radio show on, on WQXR in New York. And that's how the idea came about. To, yeah, the, the idea from that came about to collaborate and, and do some of Woody's well-known songs, but uh, also some of the ones that were not well-known. And, and we, we even took a few that uh, had never been set to music and uh, put some music to it and did, did those songs in the shows. We did quite a few shows with Tony uh, back then and uh, took a library tour um, and did shows at the Dakota and at Crooners. I think we did one at the Ginkgo Coffee House too. All most of them were around Woody's birthday each year, and then we started branching out from that. Paul, when we rehearsed, we used the same rehearsal sheets that we did when Tony was alive. So wherever Tony put in his harp parts, you know, his harmonica parts, um, we still use those same sheets. So it's like he's rehearsing with us even now. Well, and uh, one of the greatest uh, musicians, certainly one of the hippest cats uh, in the Twin Cities, for sure, and we miss him dearly. I think it's a good time. We're going to be playing uh, three songs on tonight's show. Why don't, uh, whichever, whether it's Pop or Charlie, why don't you uh, give us the spoken word intro to Pastures of Plenty, and then we'll uh, play that song performed by my guests Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner. Uh, thanks, Bob. This is uh, this is mine. Uh, uh, reading from Woody's words, uh, this will be the introduction to that song. It says, "Men fight to feed their own faces, but the real fighting don't start till he hears his woman or his kids a whimpering or a crying, a, or a singing about something to eat." Then you better look out. It's the women that get the men a-moving. If you're trying to cheat them out of their home and their clothes and their education and their fair, square share, try to get by without working, beat those folks out of all they got, you damn sure better look out. <laughs> that is so brilliant. That's Woody Guthrie. And now this is Pastor Plenty. This is Pop Wagner and Charlie McGuire, correct? That's right. With Tony Glover. With Tony Glover. We're going to listen to that. Be back for two more segments on the Wall of Power Radio Hour with my guests, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner. Peaches and prunes 
I slept on the ground by the light of the moon On the edge of your city you see us And then we come with the dust and we go with the wind California, Arizona, I make all your crops It's north up to Oregon to gather your hogs Dig the beets from your ground, cut the grapes from your vine To set on your table your life, sparkling of plenty from dry desert ground from the Grand Coulee Dam where the water run down every state in this union us migrants have been we'll work in this fight and we'll fight till we win oh it's always we ramble that river and I All along your green valley I'll work till I die My land I'll defend with my life if need be Cause my pastures of plenty must always be Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. My guests tonight, my old friends, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner. They've got a show coming up at the Belvedere Room at Crooner Supper Club in Fridley called Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast. And it's a 4 p.m. show for those of you that don't stay out late. Uh, it's, uh, it's made just for you. So, Charlie McGuire, tell us about your initial interest Woody Guthrie, how you got turned on to him, and your time uh, spent with the great Lee Hayes, who was in the uh, Weavers. You know, uh, Lee and, and Woody were good buddies almost from the time Woody hit New York in 1940. Uh, Lee had been down in Arkansas working with uh, field, uh, field hands down there and was in New York already when, when Woody arrived in 1940. Um, well, probably February of that time, and they were, they were, they they were really good friends. And I, I ran into Lee. Um, I think it was 1972, in uh, in the town um, of Croton on Hudson, New York. Uh, Lee had a cottage up there, uh, on the same uh, in the same neighborhood that Simon and Garfunkel and Alan Funt, and uh, before them Isadora Duncan lived. Um, hmm. uh, Croton is Croton is just far enough away from Manhattan to feel like the country, and uh, Lee could easily go into New York if he needed to. But at that time, he was he was he was semi-retired. I I, I remember sitting with him one afternoon when uh, 
the UPS driver came to the door uh, with a plaque from ASCAP. Uh, that's the uh, songwriters, uh, uh, royalty people that collect uh, and that, you know, that, you know, you're either BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC uh, right. if you're a songwriter. And, and, and Lee and, and Pete had assigned If I Had a Hammer, the Hammer song, to ASCAP for, and uh, they had just sent Lee a plaque for one million performances for profit. I've got so, a... Uh, I've got a fun little story if I can jump in there, Charlie McGuire. I uh, did, an, did an interview with Dar Williams, who lived in, uh, uh, she was living in the Hudson Valley, not far down the road from the great Pete Seeger. And she tells the story, she went into a hardware store once and saw Pete Seeger buying a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for, for all those people that are interested, I used to wash Lee Hayes' windows. So I guess I guess we're kind of even. <laughs> so what was it like? What kind of stories would, uh, uh, when you guys sat around the kitchen table, what kind of stories would Lee tell you about Woody and the Weavers in New York City back in the day? Well, it, it was hard to get Lee to talk about the past. Um, he always wanted to, you know, his he he considered himself retired or semi-retired and you had to know a lot about gardening and carpentry and uh, just general uh, home cooking. And, uh, and, and especially if you could make bread, you definitely had it in with Lee. And then after a while, after he knew that, after he got to know you a little bit better, then you could kind of start asking questions uh, um, about uh, things. And uh, actually... Uh, Lee was very, very close to Pete. Um, they had been corresponding and had been friends, you know, since the 40s. But as far as Woody went, Lee preferred a lot of the time to talk about Woody's great friend, uh, Cisco Houston. Uh, Lee loved Cisco. And um, he loved him as a friend and he loved him as a performer. And he loved him because he was a decent guy because one thing that unfortunately that Woody was not sometimes was someone who you know behaved himself socially shall we say and uh Cisco was exactly the opposite and uh Lee loved telling stories about him Charlie and uh I've got uh Cisco Houston sings Woody Guthrie and uh uh you know Woody wasn't exactly Enrico Caruso but uh not only was Cisco a great singer, but a really handsome guy, and I believe he spent some time in the Merchant Marines with Woody. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, Cisco's brother, Slim Houston, uh, was actually killed in the North Atlantic while in the Merchant Marine, and that got Cisco really upset. And although his eyesight um, would have kept him out of the Army, um, like so many of his generation, staying out of the service uh, was not something that people thought about. I mean, uh, everybody wanted to get into the fight, and yeah. uh, so so Cisco lied about his uh, about his infirmity. I don't know if he memorized the wall chart at the optimist uh, optometrist <laughs> office or what, but um, he 
he joined, and then he went over to see his buddy Woody, who was living uh, on Coney Island that time. He had just finished publishing Bound for Glory. And he said, you know, you're a man of the people, but you're not with the people right now. You write songs about beating Hitler, but you're not doing it yourself. He said, I think you ought to ship out with me. And uh, that's, that's what Woody did. Wow. And uh, they were on three ships total. And uh, Woody was, uh, one, one, one ship was torpedoed, but they made it into North Africa. One ship was um, hit a landmine off the coast of Normandy during D-Day, or a little bit, or maybe D plus 13, somewhere in there. And then um, there was another uh, close call as well. But uh, Woody's ships, uh, he said, torpedoed twice, sunk once on his fiddle. He carved that right on his fiddle, which, by the way, was on display at the Morgan Library uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I wish I could have seen that uh, exhibit. Uh, Did you, Charlie McGuire, did you ever get a chance to meet Jimmy Longy? No, I never met Jimmy. But he's a colorful character. If you ever want to meet Jimmy, though, the next best thing is his book, Woody Guthrie and Me. And, uh, uh, that's that's still in print. You can find it here and there, and uh, it's it's Jimmy's story of shipping out with Woody and uh, and Cisco, and brings Woody to life in a way that even his own words uh, did not do. I had the uh, honor of meeting Jimmy Longy at the 1996 tribute to Woody Guthrie, sponsored by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was uh, I used to tell Nora I referred to it as Woody Camp because it was about three or four days of seminars and, and concerts. And uh, Jimmy got up uh, at one of the, he wasn't on the panel, but he got up to tell a story. And he had tears in his eyes. And he told the story yeah. about how they were torpedoed once and Woody grabbed his guitar and went below deck to sing to the uh, to the Marines and sailors down there who were didn't know if they were going to sink or not. Shows the kind of bravery uh, that Woody had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it came to um, to having a big heart, Jimmy uh, Longy was really one of the greats. And that story that he told about Woody going down to to calm the men uh, during the night when the submarines were the U-boats were close by was a was a true story. Yeah. And. Uh, Woody said something like, well, we'll sing, and that'll screw up their radar, so they won't be able to aim at us. <laughs> Charlie, I love getting these uh, insights into the insights. So, uh, for those of you that are listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour, my guests are two of the best uh, folk singers in the Midwest, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner, and they've got a show coming out called Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast, July 16th at Cooner's Belvedere Room at uh, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. The next uh, song we're going to hear performed by Charlie and Pop is Oklahoma Hills, and we're going to have a little spoken word intro, uh, which is going to be uh, the kind of stuff you'll be hearing at Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast. Take it away. Who's ever going to read next? Okay, this this one's my turn, and uh, here we go. Oklahoma is a very rich state. You want oil in Oklahoma? Just go down a hole and get it. If you want coal, why, 
we've got coal in Oklahoma. Just go down a hole and get it. You want lead? Well, we've got lead mines. Go down in a hole and get you some lead. If you want food, clothes, groceries, well, just go in a hole and stay there. A month has come and gone since I wandered from my home in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many lessons I have learned, and I feel like in those hills I still belong. Way down yonder on the Indian Nation, rode my pony on the reservation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. Way down yonder on the Indian Nation, a cowboy's life was my occupation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. I rode my pony through the draw Where the oak and the blackjack trees Kiss that playful prairie breeze And I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder on the Indian Nation I rode my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder on the Indian Nation, a cowboy's life is my occupation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. page to the land of the great old sage in those Oklahoma hills where I was born where the black oil rolls and flows and the snow white cotton grows and I feel like in those hills I still belong way down yonder on the Indian nation rode my pony on the reservation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder on the Indian Nation, a cowboy's life was my occupation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. In those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guests, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner, two great folk musicians that are putting on Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast at Crooner's Belvedere Room on July 16th. Now, Charlie, when I started to 
get into Woody Guthrie back in the day and then had the pleasure of meeting Nora Guthrie and Harold Leventhal uh, and Fred Hellerman at uh, Woody Guthrie Publications on West 57th while they were starting to put the archives together in 95 and 96. It really blew my mind at how expansive a character Woody Guthrie was. Can you speak to that from your point of view? Yeah, and I want to talk about the shopping bags where all that stuff was kept for a while too, Paul. Thanks because, to Mar uh, you have to Marjorie. Yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, you have to... Go ahead. No, go. You, you tell us. Um, you have to... Everyone have, has to know that, you know, in all the books that have been published, and they've been pretty regular since about 1965 when Robert Shelton put out a book called Born to Win that had, um, you know, the first of Woody's writings in it and um, culminating now with this first-in-a-generation uh, uh, wonderful compilation of Woody's work, uh, Woody Guthrie's Songs and Art and Words and, Words and Wisdom and you know, Nora's done a great job, so many people over the years, but the person we really have to thank is Woody's uh, second wife, Marjorie Guthrie, who, if it, if she hadn't saved that stuff, you know, if oh, she hadn't about. saved it, we wouldn't have it now. I mean, I remember her telling me bringing it in in grocery bags, you know, wow. cardboard boxes, uh, <laughs> you know, just, you know, now people handle all this stuff with white gloves, but in those days, she was just shoving it in the grocery bags, old cardboard boxes, um, uh, any way she could get it, uh, because Woody was writing or or doing something, painting, uh, sculpting, uh, every single minute of every single day, it seemed, and, and, and he wrote on everything. I mean, he even wrote on books that were already printed. He wrote his words on top of that if he couldn't find a piece of paper. So they saved all that, and it, it wouldn't have happened without her. Yeah, I, I, I always have a, a vision in my mind of Woody uh, sitting up at the typewriter, and uh, Marjorie wakes up in the morning, there's an empty bottle of wine on the desk, and the garbage can full of crumpled paper, uh, things that Woody was writing the night before, yeah. I mean, she, she, we have her to thank. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it may be Woody Guthrie, but it was the women in Woody's life that really made it possible to get to know him as well as we have. Woody's well, wife, Marjorie, right? His daughter, Nora, and his granddaughter, Anna, too, um, well, I, are, you know, have, all, have all made a contribution. Um, it's, it's been a real honor to know Nora, not only is she a, uh, astute uh, and knowledgeable, but she, as you know, she is a gas to hang out with. She's a lot of fun, as is Anna, but Nora has really done such an incredible job uh, with the Woody Guthrie Archives. Have you been down to Tulsa, to the Woody Guthrie Center, Charlie or Pop? No, no, none, neither of us have. Well, you got to take Haven't the show on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're hoping to work our way down there one of these days, Paul. But um, yeah. like you, I was in the office on, on 57 uh, before the archive was moved. Um, but um, haven't been down to uh, to Oklahoma. Uh, Pop and I 
hope to work our way down there, you know, one of these days. We'll just play our way down there and take a... Pop came close last year. Remember, Pop, when you were... Yeah, it was the year before last. It was... I, I was... I, I was on my way home, and... Uh, but we we had a, a benefit for the Huntington's Foundation that mm-hmm. I wanted to get back for, and it would have taken me an extra day, so... I was coming back from uh, Arizona, and uh, I took the shortcut, and I, I skipped going to Oklahoma City. And of course, so, next time was was uh, what Woody eventually succumbed to. Uh, you know, I was there the week that the original manuscript for "This Land Is Your Land" came in. And uh, I mean, when I held it in my hands in my white gloves, I felt like I was holding the Magna Carta. And there was a, <laughs> a great uh, musician from Stillwater, Oklahoma, who's not with us anymore, named Jimmy Lafave, who I was uh, happy to say I, I introduced Jimmy Lafave to Nora Guthrie, which was a great working relationship. Uh, that went on for a long time until Jimmy's passing just a few years ago. In fact, I think uh, Jimmy's got a his own uh, reserved seat at the Woody Guthrie Theater in Okima, Oklahoma. But Jimmy told me, and now Nora hasn't confirmed this, that when Nora got it, she went down to the local Kinkos uh, in uh, on West 57th in New York City to make copies of it. And when she got back, she did what all of us have done, left the original copy in the copier. Now, I'm not sure ah. if, if Jimmy was just feeding me a line of bull or if it actually happened. And Nora, I, I haven't confirmed it with Nora, but let's, I, it's such a, a beautiful, beautifully absurd and, and borderline tragic thing had they never recovered it. I want to at least put that out there into uh, the uh, the lines of urban myth and legend now. So, uh, Pop and uh, Charlie, what? Uh, how did you decide which songs to use for your upcoming show, Woody Guthrie, Coast to Coast? That was a tough decision. Uh, some some of it was uh, new material that we found in the book, um, and. Look, taking another look and another run at, at songs we have done in the past and uh, changing the order, changing the story that goes with it, that sort of thing. We also, Paul, uh, are introducing uh, songs that are not in the show that, um, you know, Woody was big on highway. Uh, we're yeah. going to be hearing from Hard Traveling here pretty soon. And, and we've got a new song on the show called The Will Rogers Highway that Woody talks about. Uh, the old uh, Route 66, and we got a lot of road songs in this one, and uh, and we tried to construct the show so that for an hour and 15 minutes, uh, you start on one coast and you end up on the other coast, just like uh, the review did uh, that uh, I wrote that came out last November, which went to coast to coast and also the U.S. Virgin Islands of all places. So we've got some really good, um, we, we cover a lot of geography in an hour and 15 minutes. I was just, uh, I got my kicks on the very end of Route 66. I was in uh, uh, 
uh, California all last week at the largest of my good friend, actor, and musician, Chris Malky. We saw two Bob Dylan shows, which were phenomenal, and did other things. But one of the things we did, we went to Mel's Diner, uh, which is the, they call that the very end of Route 66. So I, w- I was just there last week, and it was a really good breakfast, too, by the way. So uh, uh, where, where are you guys planning on touring Woody Guthrie Coast to Coast after the gig uh, July 16th at the Crooner's Belvedere Room? Well, we're open, for, we're open for offers. Anyone wants us, give us a call. We'll, we'll go anywhere coast to coast if, if it all works out. But we don't have anything uh, in written in stone just yet. I can tell you on good authority, uh, Paul, like you, uh, you were on the West Coast. I was on the East Coast looking at the Woody stuff at the Morgan Library. And I'll tell you, the country is waking up. We're on the move. Yeah. Well, and it's about time. So, uh, Pop Wagner and Charlie McGuire, it's always such a pleasure to chatting with you two, hanging with you two. Uh, so we're going to end uh, this episode of the Wall of Power Radio Hour with an actual Woody Guthrie recording of his song, Hard Traveling. And God knows he had some hard traveling in his life. A lot of people out there are having hard traveling right now. So why don't you guys set it up for me? All right. The legal tender of the busking singer is songs, poems, spirituals, shouts, chants, grunts, anything that can be written down to rhyme or time. Take some simple ballads like Hard Traveling or This Land is Made for You and Me and follow our tracks from coast to coast. And we'll go down highways and railroads. We'll stop off and spend the night or an hour or a couple of days with every kind and type of person that you might see on such a trip. We're going to climb the back fences. We're going to open the front gate. And now, Woody Guthrie doing hard traveling. Thank you, Charlie McGuire. Thank you, Pop Wagner. Woody Guthrie, Coast to Coast, July 16th. Crooner's Belvedere Room, 4 p.m. Good luck with the show, guys, and I hope to see you on down the road. Thanks a lot, Paul. We certainly appreciate it. And just stay in touch with us. You sound great, and you look good on Facebook, too, there, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll get those. Thank you. I'll get those MP3 files to you, Brett. All right. (laughs) Thanks, gentlemen. Keep up the great work. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. I've been having some hard traveling, I thought you know. I've been having some hard traveling way down the road. I've been having some hard traveling, hard rambling, hard gambling. Been having some hard traveling, Lord. I've been riding them fast rattlers, I thought you know. I've been riding them flat wheelers way down the road. I've been riding them blind passengers, dead enders, kicking up cinders. I've been having some hard traveling, Lord. I've been a hitting some hard rock mining, I thought you knowed I've been a leaning on a pressure drill way down the road. Hammer flying, air hole sucking, six foot of mud and a show been a muckin', and I've been a hitting some hard traveling, Lord. 
I've been a hitting some hard harvest and I thought you know that North Dakota to Kansas City, way down the road. Cutting that wheat, stacking that hay, and I'm trying to make about a dollar a day, and I've been a having some hard traveling Lord. At Pittsburgh Steel, I thought you knowed I've been a dumping that red hot slag away down the road. I've been a blasting, I've been a firing, I've been a pouring red hot iron, and I've been a hitting some hard traveling lord. I've been a laying in a hard rock jail, I thought you knowed I've been a laying out 90 days away down the road. Damn old judge said to me, it's 90 days for vacancy. I've been hitting some hard traveling lords. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by the great Patrick Lulia. We'd like to thank our guests, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner. My book, Alphabet Jazz Poetry, Prose, Stories, and Song, is coming out first part of September. Follow me at paulmetza.com to find out more about that and other places I am playing. Hope everybody's enjoying the summertime. Have a safe 4th of July. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Someday the high and the mighty will fall There will be no power brokers The wall of power will fall High and the mighty will fall There will be no power brokers The wall of power will fall In the time before the fire In the time before the weed Strong men would walk the earth Keep the weak man So the weak man What his life was worth And no one told the strong man That the meek shall inherit the earth Someday The high and the mighty will fall There will be no power Keep me in the corner